0: The following lecture was delivered at the 13th Annual National Jewish Retreat in Providence, Rhode Island, a project of the Roar Jewish Learning Institute. We hope you enjoy it, and we encourage you to visit jretreat.com for information on upcoming retreats. Rabbi David Aaron will now present his lecture, Getting the Love You Want. Okay, good afternoon to everybody. We're going to talk about love. I uh, always feel uncomfortable talking about love because uh, who am I? What are my credentials? You know, people assume that rabbis know everything. In my case, it's true, but generally (laughs) rabbis don't necessarily know everything. And so why should we be experts? So I I think I would like to start off with um, a little bit of my credentials. Uh, First of all, um, thank God, uh, I just celebrated my 36th anniversary. Uh, yeah, and that's with my 36th wife. Uh, so I have a lot of experience. As well as I'm an accomplished Shad Khan, I'm a matchmaker, and I've uh, actually done 10 matches and only nine divorces, so I'm uh, really a lot of experience. But anyways, let's, let's talk about love. What is love? How do you get love? How do you give love? What is love? So what I want to share with you is something from the Kabbalah, and um, I'm I'm just going to kind of download this Kabbalistic idea. And uh, by the way, I love questions, so I'm just going to like share with you a thought and develop that thought, and then hopefully afterwards you'll have lots of questions that'll make this even more interesting. Okay? So the Arizal, the great great Kabbalist explains that in the beginning, all of existence was endless light. And when the divine wanted to create you and me, he caused a withdrawal of his light from the center, creating a spherical vacuum. In that vacuum, the Kabbalah teaches, is God created vessels, ten vessels. He then condensed his light into a thin ray, And projected it into the vessels. But the vessels couldn't take the light. So they exploded. Now the truth is the first three didn't explode. But we're not going to go into that right now. But the vessels exploded. And everything went into a state of chaos. A state of chaos. The continuation of the story is called Tikkun. Fixing. Which is all about fixing the broken vessels. In a way that they'll be able to receive the light. And that is basically, in a nutshell, the key concept of Kabbalah. In fact, the great Hasidic master, Rabbi Nachman of Bretzel, says that just this little piece of the Kabbalah is the secret to everything in our lives. Now, what this actually is, what I've just drawn on the board, is a picture of love. doesn't look so romantic, won't make a great Valentine card, but... This is actually love. And what I'm going to do is now uncode it. There are four steps to love. Okay? Think about what love is. In the beginning, there was just me. That's how we all come into this world. There's just me. And what does it mean to grow up? And what does it mean to become mature? Is the first thing I need to do is move myself from the center and create a space for you. For somebody other than myself. And that's exactly what this picture is about. In the beginning, there was just the presence of God. But what did God do, so to speak, is God removed his presence from the center and created this space. Okay, So the first step in love is moving yourself out of the center and creating space. Then, in this space, God created vessels. Now, vessels are very different than the light. right? So the second step in love is not only do I create space, but I create space for someone who is other than me. Someone who's not me. That's the second step. The third step, it says, that God condensed his light, his presence into a thin ray, and projected and gave it over to the vessels. But the vessels couldn't take the light. We'll talk about that a little bit later. So the third step in real love is giving of yourself to other. Now the fourth step in love, which is not really clearly um, indicated in this picture, is to let other do those first three steps for you. So these are the four steps, and I'm going to go through each one of them. What Kabbalah teaches us is that there are four ingredients to love. The first is creating space. The second is accommodating and respecting other. The third is giving of yourself to other. And the fourth is allowing other to do those three for you. And now we're going to begin to talk about that. Okay? So let's do the first step. The first step for a lot of people is the hardest step, which is to get yourself out of the way. Right? To really love another person and allow another person to love you, but first, to love another person is you can't be self centered. When we are full of ourselves, when we are the be all and the end all of everything, then there's no place in our lives for anybody. You know, I met a woman, she lives on the Upper West Side. The Upper West Side is kind of like the paradise of singles. And she said, there's no men available here. I said, we are you talking about no men available here? The place is filled with men. No, but they're not available. You never see them, you know, because they're, so, they're, they're, they're so ambitious in their, in their careers that they're getting up early, they're getting home late. And even when you date them, they're just not there. They can't create a space in their life for somebody else. So the first step and sometimes the hardest step is to create space in your life for somebody else but you. That's the first step. That's a very difficult step. You know, that's why I tell guys, you know, when you go out on a date, you never answer your phone because you have to create space. And if you need to answer your phone, then you should say to your date, listen, I'm, I'm not gonna answer my phone unless it's something urgent. I am expecting just one phone call from the girl I'm seeing tomorrow night. But other than that, I won't take, you know, I won't take the phone. Clearly, you need to be able to create space. Or for instance, I met a fellow and, uh, the whole time he would talk to me, he would use my name. He would say, Dave, how are you doing, Dave? Well, well, so Dave, what do you think, Dave? And, and it was just driving me crazy. He kept using my name. I said, can I ask you a favor? Could, could, could you not use my name? So said, oh, I'm sorry, Dave. Uh, well, you know? And he said, well, what would you like me to call you? I said, nothing. <laughs> okay, nothing. I mean, what, what, what was he thinking? But, but by just using my name the whole time, there was this feeling I had no space. I had no place. And this is essential in a relationship, is to give another person... Space you know it 's the same thing with raising children. children need space it 's the same thing with giving yourself love. Are you creating the space in your life for you? Right? Are you creating that space for yourself right? but the second step is to give of yourself to other right now when it comes in a in a a marital kind of relationship, giving space to other means that I recognize that you are other than me. that's very hard for people to do. To be able to create space is to just get out of the way, move yourself out of the center, but now I'm creating space for someone who's not me. and it's very hard for people to create space. For someone who's not them. Because they kind of assume everybody is them. I had a funny situation. I was at this fellow who does handwriting analysis and drawing analysis. And in the drawing analysis, one of the things that they ask you is on the back of the page, draw a tree. Okay, so I'm drawing my tree. And there are two other guys sitting at the table and they're drawing their tree. So one guy draws this huge tree that takes up the entire back of the page. And another guy drew this little tree in the upper left corner of the page. Now something really funny happens. Big tree turns to, we'll call him little shrub, and, and you can see he's struggling. He's having a hard time. So he says to him, you know, excuse me, I, I, I hope I'm not intruding. Of course you are, because you're such a big tree, right? <laughs> you take up the whole space, right? But, but, you're doing it wrong. The guy says, what? I'm doing it wrong. He says, yeah, what am I doing wrong? He said, well, you didn't read the instructions. I didn't read the instructions. He said, no. He said, no, you didn't read the instructions. It says very clearly, draw a tree on the back of the page. And you're not doing that. I'm not. No. Why not? He said, well, first of all, that's not a tree. That's a shrub. Oh. Second of all, that's in the upper left corner of the page. That's not the back of the page. He this is what he wants and he shows him his tree. And Little Shrub sadly erases his tree and starts drawing and copying the tree of the other guy. And the whole time I'm sitting there laughing because I had the right tree and their tree was wrong. Right? And it's amazing, just do this exercise with a bunch of friends. Just sitting around, have everybody draw a tree on the back of the page, and everybody flash their tree at each other. And you will discover otherness. You will probably be very surprised how different people's trees are. And it's hard for us to understand how different we all are. To love another person is to create space in your love, in your life, but for someone who is other than you. You know, I went out with my wife to buy a dress. We didn't find one for me. So we decided we'd look for her. So we're looking around for a dress and we're in the store and my wife said, well, go around and see if there's anything that, you know, you think is good. So I took a dress. I said, what about this? And my wife said, "Uh, no, I said, why not? She says, well, it's not my color. I said, what is not your color? What, what's color got to do this? With? First of all, you're wearing it for me. I like it. What's the difference? No, it's not my color. I said, okay, fine. So I go around through the racks and I pull out another dress. I said, what about this? And she goes, it's not my color. I said, who says she got a color? What does color do?" She said, she says, talk to the owner of the store, right? He knows about designs, right? And ask him what he thinks about the dress. So I took the dress to the, to, the, to the owner of the store. I said, what do you think about this dress? And he said, it'll be perfect on you. I said, what do you mean on me? He said, it's your color. I said, what do you mean it's my color? He said, it's not your wife's color. I said, I don't understand. What do you mean it's not my wife's color? Right? He said, every man that comes into the store does the same mistake. Men buy the colors of the dress that fit them and not their wives and that was such a learning that we don't understand how other we are of each other and to really love another person you have to create a space in your life for someone who is other than you i had this experience when i was in my early twenties i got engaged and i thought this was a really great relationship and uh, it was uh, Saturday night we were going out on a date. That Saturday was a rainy day, and my suit got all wet. So I pulled out of my closet a suit that I, 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 I at that time, never wore. It was, a, it was a black suit, and at that time I wasn't wearing black suits. And I had a white shirt, and at that time I wasn't wearing hats. But it was raining, and I have a black hat, so I came wearing my black hat. So I come to the date where my fiance is. She opens the door and she says, just the way I always pictured you. And you can imagine that. I mean, we've been dating for months. We're already engaged. I show up dressed in a way I never dress. And she goes, just the way I always pictured you. And then I realized that she was cheating on me. She was seeing another man. And I was the other man. And she wasn't seeing me. And that's a mistake that people make in relationships. You have to create a space for someone who is other than you. They are other than you. And I had this experience with um, a couple that I actually did help get married. um, But their marriage went bad really quickly. And they came to me. Uh, you know, to get my advice, and so I took him aside privately and said, "Well, tell me one thing that bugs you about your wife." He says, "Well, you know, I write her these little love notes, and um, she doesn't appreciate it. Like, you know, I'll, I'll write her a note and I'll put it on the bottom of the Rice Krispies bowl. You make me snap, crackle, and pop, and you know, all kinds of crazy little sweet notes, and uh, she just doesn't appreciate it." Okay, that, that's what bugs you the most Bugged his wife. That was very strange. Okay. I speak to her privately. I say, tell me, if you could point to one thing that bugs you about your husband, what would it be? So she says, well, you know what? I go, if I'm shopping and I see this great looking sports jacket. I don't think twice. I charge it to my husband and I buy it, you know? And I come home and it's got a beautiful gift wrapping and I put it on the bed and I see he doesn't appreciate it. He just doesn't appreciate that. So I'm thinking, I mean, these people are on the verge of a divorce and he's upset about love notes and she's about gifts. And then I realized something that I at the time called the love language, only later on did someone actually write a book called the love language. And I realized that they're not speaking each other's love language. Because I I took her aside and I said, you know, when you were a kid, did you get a lot of little notes? She said, all the time. My parents would write me these meaningless little notes. It was just their way of being phantom parents. But those notes meant nothing to me. I said, okay. Then I asked him, when you were growing up, did you get like a lot of nice big gifts all the time? meant nothing. Parents were never there. And I realized that he was giving her what he wanted her to be giving him. And she was giving him what he really wanted him to be giving her. And they're not creating space for other. That's the same thing. When you're in a relationship, you want to know how other is my partner. They're different. They're so different. They speak a completely different language. They hear a completely different language. So the first step in love is to create space. Move out of the center and create space. Make time in your life for each other. A lot of people's marriages and relationships are breaking down because there's no oxygen to their marriage. Because the oxygen is that we take time. We have this space my wife and I decided that. you know, We decided that we would do a date night. Once a week, a date night. Because we felt that our relationship was getting stale. So we had once a night a date night, and every week we would date another person. And it really, really helped our relationship. Right? Now, you have to create that space for each other. But then it's for your other. I want to get to know you. Who are you? How do you need to hear love? How do you need to receive love? What are the colors that you love? That's why it's love your neighbor as yourself is a little confusing. Because love your neighbor as yourself doesn't mean love them the way you want to be loved. But that's the way most people think. I had a friend who was sadly paralyzed in a car accident. And he couldn't feed himself. So people had to feed him. And he told me something amazing. People would not give him the cooked vegetables. They would naturally give him on the plate the food that they like. And when he would say, would you mind giving me some of the cooked vegetables? Right? They would do it. And then they wouldn't go back to the cooked vegetables. Right? And it goes back to the idea that when you love somebody, you have to give them what they need, what they want. What speaks to them. So that's the second step. The third step is to give of yourself to the other person. And to give of yourself to the other person is not just gifts. That's not giving of yourself. It's giving of your time. You know, I remember as a child, obviously this is not a relation between husband and wife, but the most favorite moment in my life as a child was my mother, sitting and reading to me We need the Pooh. That was ecstasy. I must have been, I don't know, 20 years old. Just joking. I was 18. Just joking. And my mother, she was there. She did this exact act. She would move everything out of the way. She would crave this space for this five-year-old. And she would sit there, and she would read to me We need the Pooh. She would condense her entire being into this moment and be there for me. And that's what people are looking for. Someone that will create space, which will honor and respect their otherness, and really be there. Concentrate their being and be there for another person. Really be there for the other person. And then the last step, right? the last step, is you have to allow others to do the same for you. Right? Allow people to create space for you. Allow people to get to know who you are. That's what intimacy is. It's into me. See. See into me. That's what intimacy really is. And let them give to you. You know? And a lot of times people say, no, 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 I don't want you to give to me. But that's, you're taking away from people the opportunity to be giving to you. You know? It's like the children. You connect to children because you give to your children. And you know what? Parents feel more connected to their children than children feel connected to their parents. It's just a fact of life. And that makes sense because the parents are giving so much to their children. How much are the children giving to their parents? You know, I remember when I was growing up, my parents would say, we want nachos. We want nachos. Give us nachos. And I didn't know what nachos was until one day I was in Los Angeles and I saw a Taco Bell on the front that said nachos. That's what they wanted, nachos. Right? I sent them FedEx hot nachos, right? What do we give to our parents? Not so much as much as our parents give to us, right? So if you want to be loved, let people love you, you know? If somebody gives you a compliment, don't ever say, no, no, no. That's not nice. You don't have the right to take that away from them. They wanted to give you a kind word, and you said, no, no, no. Just say thank you very much, right? Or you give them a, or you get a gift and you say, you shouldn't have. Of course you shouldn't have. If they had to, wouldn't we be a gift, would it? A gift is something I don't have to do. But I want to do that. So just say thank you. Let people give to you. That's your gift to them sometimes, is to allow them to give to you. So the last step is to let other people do those three steps for you. So this is called Getting the Love You Want. Right? And there's actually a best-selling book called Getting the Love You Want. And basically his point is if you want to get love, then you got to give it. But not give it as kind of like a business deal. I give you love, you give me love. It's just forget about trying to get love. Because when you give love, love will come to you. And just give love. And you know, I thought about this many times If a person had the difficult choice to love or to be loved, but you couldn't have both. Now, thank God that's not the scenario most of the time. But just theoretically, I think this helps us get in touch with certain values. If you had to make this difficult choice that you could love or you could be loved, but you couldn't have both, which would you choose? I think if you really, really think about it, you would choose to love rather than to be loved. Why? Because to be loved, you don't feel connected to people. You feel connected to people when you give love. When you invest in other people. That's when you feel connected to people. That's why, and I deal with a lot of very lonely people. You know, I'm very active on Facebook and people reach out to me. And, and you know, very, very lonely people. And, and I try to call people and give them encouragement. But you don't have to be lonely, Because very often people think that loneliness is I don't have someone who loves me. But there's plenty of people out there that would love you to love them. And then you won't be lonely. Go love somebody. Go love somebody. There's no lack of people out there that want to be loved. You want to be loved? You know what? Forget about being loved. Go love somebody. You'll feel connected. You'll feel invested. That's what it's about. Same thing with loving ourselves. You know, it says love your neighbor as yourself. Sadly, I know a lot of people, I would prefer them not to love me the way they love themselves. Right? Do a little bit of a better job. But how do we love ourselves? Exact same way. Same steps. First of all, are you creating a space in your life for you? When do you ever take a break? Right? When do you ever create space I mean, just just the way people eat today. Are they even enjoying their food? Are they chewing their food? Are they just giving themselves the space, the sacred space, to sit here and enjoy whatever they're doing? There's no space. There's no time. And then create space for other, other than you thought you would have been, other than what everybody else expects you to be. That's why a lot of people don't love themselves. Because they're not accepting themselves. They're not creating a space that I'm other than I thought I'd be. Other than everybody said I'd be. I'm other. Okay, fine. I mean, that's what it means to love. Is to love that which is other. Right? And then to give of yourself to yourself. Which is to really be present. To stop the negative self-talk. To really give to yourself. I have a friend. Lonely fellow. Lonely fellow. And he decided he'd go, he's like in his 40s. And he decided he went out and he bought himself a remote control airplane. Like those little toy airplanes. In his 40s. He said, I never got that when I was a kid. I always wanted that. And I thought that was really great. Right? But he doesn't let me play with it. But okay. (laughs) Right? Give to yourself. But this is the key to love. All love is based on these four capitalistic principles. The first is creating space. The second is dating and respecting otherness. The third is to give of yourself to other. And the fourth is to allow others to give of themselves to you. So now I'd like to hear your questions. And uh, we'll uh, customize it more to your needs and your issues and your questions on love and relationships, getting love, giving love. Let's hear some questions. Yes, Ka. Right. So Khal is pointing out it's very hard to receive gifts. So so let's go back to really what our goal here is. You're giving them the opportunity to give to you. Yes, we're uncomfortable to receive, but this isn't receiving. This is giving. Because this person wants to give to you, this person wants to connect to you. And you have to give them that opportunity. I know a guy got divorced, his wife wanted a divorce. He was shocked. He was the most giving husband. He only gave to his wife. And he couldn't understand why she wanted a divorce. That was because he just gave. And he never gave her the opportunity to give to him. Right? He would always say, no, 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 no. So when does she have an opportunity to connect with him if she can't give to him? So therefore, if you turn it around and say, oh my gosh, if they want to give me this gift, then I should give them that opportunity to give me that gift. That's my gift to them, that they could give me a gift. And I just say, thank you. In addition, that whole feeling of being in debt, you know, this is not business, right? This is not business. This is why there's so many divorces. Because so many marriages are are based on what you give me and what I give you, right? That's business. Now, what happens in a business situation when you can get a supplier that's cheaper with less hassle and more efficient? You go buy it, get another supplier, well, most people's marriage is based on a business model where it's really, you know, a trade type of thing. What I get from you and what you get from me. Right? In Jewish tradition, a real relationship is, is about, I want to give. I'm not in this relation to get. Right? I'm in this, I want to give. And my spouse also wants to give. But even that's not the highest level of a relationship in Jewish tradition. The highest level of, of a relationship is what we as a couple want to give to the world. That's why when a couple gets married in Jewish tradition, we say, may you be blessed to build a bayat ne'eman. You should build a, a home that is faithful, right? a home that is faithful to the Jewish people. And actually they've done research. In the secular world, in the not Jewish world, on what makes great relationships. And you know what it is? It's a purpose-driven marriage. When our marriage has a purpose together, we're doing something, it's not just about us, it's about what we together can do for others, for the community. That brings things together. So there's this kind of attitude that that relationships are business kind of relationships. And they're not. Right. So at the risk of embarrassing my wife a little bit, but, you know, she'll have to forgive me. So one night I'm sitting with my wife and I say to her, you know, Hannah, why do you love me? And she says, well, why do you assume that? I said, well, just for now, let's just assume that for the theoretical discussion here. She says, I have no reason to love you. She said, "I, I couldn't believe it. You don't have a reason to love me. You can't find one reason to love me. What about my sense of humor? That's a good reason not to love you. Right. And she said, not only do I have no reason to love you, you wouldn't want me to have a reason to love you. Because if I had a reason to love you, it would be the reason I love, and not you. And if that reason was ever no longer relevant, what would happen to my love? Right. So I love you even when you give me good reasons not to. And I do give her a good reason not to. Right? Just to test her, you know. Right. That's love. It's not business. Right. Business is You give me a reason to buy from you, I buy. You don't have a good reason to buy from you, don't buy. Love has no reason. That's the presence of God in our lives. God has no reason. He doesn't have to do anything. He just wants to. He just wants to. And that's the highest level of love. I just love you because I want to. I just want to. So let me do that. Give me that gift. Let me love you. Right? But sadly, we're so in that business mind because it's all over the place that we're, we're applying it to everything in our relationships. And that's why this world is, sadly, people are starving for love. And you know, they're starving for love. A friend of mine, a student of mine, recently got married and I called them up and on the day of their wedding. I blessed them. I said, I bless you that people look at your marriage and believe in love again. And know that it's possible Because a lot of people don't believe that love is possible. And again, love doesn't necessarily mean a husband and wife. It's loving friends, loving families, loving yourself, loving community. But it's all the same thing. Create a space in your life for your community. Recognize that they're not everything you dreamt them to be. They're other than what you thought they'd be. That's okay. That's even a greater love. I mean, what is unconditional love? True unconditional love is that the conditions are against your love. Because if the conditions were completely in favor of your love, where would that be an expression of unconditional love? The unconditional love is conditions that are challenging our love. So create a space for of that's other than you, other than your expectations, other than your dreams, other than you ever imagined you'd be with, but this is who you're with. Right? Let's hear some more questions. Any more thoughts or questions? Right, and this is the exact same model of loving yourself. The first thing to love yourself is are you creating a space in your life to even address yourself? You know, today I, I deal with a lot of teenagers, there's no time for contemplation. When I was a kid, I had to contemplate. If there was a problem in my life, I'd have to think about it. I mean, I watched lots of television, but there was no television on demand, you know, so I'd have to wait. For the particular program I liked, which was only once a week at a certain time. But there was plenty of times that I didn't have somewhere to run. So if I had a problem, I had to think about it. I'd have to take this time and create this space in my life where I would actually think about this problem. You know? But people are not doing that, so there's no time for themselves anymore. And that's what I think. I remember the first time I was in New York City and we were driving out of the city to have Shabbat, in, um, outside of New York City. And we hit this traffic, and suddenly the entire highway turned into a parking lot. And we weren't moving. And so I said to the, the fellow I was driving with, I said, well, what is this? What's going on? He said, this is rush hour. I said, okay, who's the sick guy that came up with that name? I mean, I'm in a rush. Let's rub it in. We're not moving. And then I realized, you know what? I guess this is a time for me and this guy to talk. You know, we're in such a rush that we're not really connecting with ourselves, with each other. And then it's, again, creating space for accepting yourself. For uh, I, I thought I'd be other than this by this time in my life. I thought I'd be other than this. As my mother said, I'd be other than this. And creating love in your life is to accept that you are other than what you... Dreamt you'd be or where you thought you'd be at this time or or other than what everybody else knows about you That's what's so hard in in the world of Hollywood Which I had an opportunity to teach a bunch of Hollywood stars and I found that a lot of them were insecure They're so famous, but they know that people love them for who they're not Because they know they're not who that they know they're not that right? but forget about getting everybody else to love you right start loving yourself because one of the things that's so obvious about love, self-love, it's not a democratic vote. You can get the whole world, you can lobby the whole world to vote for me, love me, but only one vote wins in self-love. It's your vote. But love is not a feeling, it's an action that generates a feeling. right? And so, just like with your children, I say to my teenage students, I say, I want you to tell me. Are you doing things that you wouldn't want your children to be doing? They all kind of, <laughs> they didn't, didn't know where to put themselves. I said, if you're doing things that you don't want to, your children to be doing, then you don't love yourself. Right? Why are you doing that to yourself? And so you have to ask yourself, if I were my own child, what would I do for myself? Right? What would I do for myself? And that builds connection to yourself. Taking care of yourself. You know, eating well, being healthier. Take care of yourself. Right? So a person doesn't feel like taking care of themselves because they don't love themselves. Well, that's the whole point. The way you love yourself is by taking care of yourself. The more you take care of yourself, the more you love yourself. The more you love yourself, the more you take care of yourself. Right? But you gotta give of yourself to you. And what nice thing have you done for yourself? What nice thing have you done for yourself today? Other than coming to my class, obviously. right? What nice thing have you done for yourself today? To be kind to yourself. And that's okay. But be kind to yourself. But you're right. You know, if we don't love ourselves, it's very hard to love other people. And very often we get into a marriage or a relationship with the hopes that they will give us the love our parents didn't give us. right? Well, that's just not going to happen. Yeah, but you might have to create a space in your life that that's not who he is. And that's not the way he expresses life or understands that. And that's how love works. Is create a space in your life for someone who is other than yourself and value that otherness, support that otherness, nurture that otherness. You see, that's not falling in love. You see, falling in love is, I don't even know who you are, really. You know, people could be at a party, and their eyes lock, and before they know it, they feel this deep connection, and, and, and they're in love. But they didn't create space. They don't know who this person is. They haven't really given to this person. So love is a lot of work, right? I call it the labor of love, but it's the most it's the most fulfilling love. You know, when I was dating my wife, so, uh, okay, it was getting inset- It was getting serious. And, uh, I said to her, you know, Hannah, I'm a pretty deep guy, you know, but depth comes generally from complication, you know. I've had a wounded background. And so you don't become a philosopher and write eight books, right? Because you had this cushy life and you were on a married ground your whole life. I've had struggles. I've had complications in my life. You know? And uh, does that worry you? And she said, no, why? No, it doesn't. I said, well, why not? She said, well, you know, I'm looking for a relationship that I to roll up my sleeves and work at. And you look like a piece of work. And I am. You know? And I said, okay. Well, that's, that's somebody who knows how to love. They're going to create space for who I am. Right? And know that love is work. You know, sadly... Most films on love does not depict what real love is, you know. And so people are getting this image of a love that doesn't exist anywhere except on a film. Real love is a lot of work. To love yourself, to love your neighbor, to love your partner, to love your children, that's the greatest work. It's the most fulfilling work. But it is work, but what is the work? Ask yourself, am I creating space? Right. Am I creating space? I got involved with this Hollywood, this very famous Hollywood couple. She was a producer. She was about to win the Oscar. She did. She won the Oscar for the best movie of that year. Her husband was a a huge, um, he was the head of one of the biggest film companies in the world. And uh, I was in their home, incredible home. I think it was in Bel Air. Huge home. Right. And I'm just in awe of their home. And I said, wow, what an amazing home. Well, we're actually demolishing it. Demolishing it. Yeah, you know, because, you know, earthquakes in California. We don't like the fact that the children's bedroom is far from our bedroom. So we're just demolishing the whole house and we're redoing the house so the children's bedroom could be closer to ours. Well, guess what? Right? They really never got to that because she caught him in his office with his secretary. And now their children's bedroom is very far away from their bedroom. Right? Creating space, you don't need a lot of physical space. right? But you need to create space in your life. You know, what will we remember? It's not the gifts that we give to our parents or to our children. Right? It's the time we spent. Time is the greatest gift. That's the greatest gift, you know. So we can buy our children very expensive toys and and we can give our spouse very expensive gifts. But the greatest gift, and really the most valued gift, is to share time together. But you have to create space for that. You know. Yeah. Well, just tell them they're disgusting. No, I'm just joking. Um, You know, If you feel that people are not being honest with you, then it's important never to criticize. Nobody likes criticism. Nobody. There's no such thing as constructive criticism. It's all destructive. Because nobody wants to be criticized. But what you can do is share your needs. And sharing your needs. Say, you know what? This is just who I am. right? And so if there's something that you'd like to share, I love when people are straight with me. And I invite you to be straight with me. Wow. And uh, I'm not saying that you're not straight with me. But I, I, I just want you to know who I am and what my needs are in a relationship. I, I just love people. T- I, you know, just, I'm the kind of person that, you know, don't be afraid that you might hurt my feelings. My feelings are hurt more when I feel that people don't feel that comfortable enough to just share with me what they're thinking. And maybe they will. And if they don't, they don't. Because you can't change other people. You can only change you and your perception of other people. Yeah, what's your name? Yeah, Brian. Oh, excellent question. The the key to it is communicate. We can't read each other's minds. And very often people think in a love relationship, if you really love me, you would know what I'm thinking. Right? That's a crazy attitude that people think. I mean, we've been married all these years. How can you not know what I'm thinking? I don't. I'm stupid. I don't. I don't. I'm just not psychic. I'm just not a psychic. Right? So, you gotta communicate. And just say sweetly, you know, these are my needs. Right? And, and so, my needs are, I need more space. And, uh, and, and it could be that you are giving the most space Or you feel you're giving me, I'm sure you're giving me space in the way that you think I want it or need it. But I need a different kind of space, or I need more space, right? But if you don't talk, then nobody can understand what's going on. And this kind of like feeling that people who are true soulmates, or if we, if we're really meant for each other, somehow we could read each other's minds. But we can't. Almost never can we read each other's minds. So it's about the art of communicating, which is not an easy thing. To say it sweetly, right? At the right time, right right tone, and it not be a criticism. Just an expression of where I'm at and what my needs are. I think people will respect that. More questions? Yeah, what's your name? Well, so, if I'm understanding you correctly, I think that's really cool that there's a burden here. <laughs> Great place. Um, first of all, when a person's feeling hurt or angry, then you need to pause and take a breath. And ask yourself, is this the time to communicate, or maybe I'm not in the right mindset, to say it sweetly with the right tone in order that they will hear it, Right? But at some point, people just need to communicate. Right? They need to communicate, you know, and and, and and not get reactive where I'm giving to you because you gave to me or, or you, you're, you're trying to make things better now when you really aren't making things better. And all that. It's just, let's just talk. This is how I'm feeling. I'm not saying you did something wrong. I, I could be misunderstanding it. Maybe I'm sensitive. It's like a sun—you know—it's like a person with a sunburn. You might just touch them tiny bit, and they go like, Well, I didn't do anything. Well, but I'm sunburned." I think a lot of us are soul burned. Right? We've been burnt, and because we're burnt, we're really sensitive. And so, by saying that, you know what? I, I've been burnt in my past, so I can be very sensitive. And so I apologize that maybe I'm sounding reactive. So I'm not judging, and I don't want to be judging, and I'm sorry if it sounds like I'm judging, but I'm just trying to communicate so you can hear me and understand where I'm coming from so that we can move forward because this isn't about you against me or me against you. It's, It's us and how we together can move together. Anyways, I want to thank you very much. Uh, I have some of my books available. In fact, this talk that I just gave is found in a book that I wrote called Endless Light. And I think we have some of the Endless Light over there. Um, and uh, if you're interested in more of this kind of Torah, I have a website called rabbidavidaren.com. A-A-R-O-N. Uh, so you can, on your smartphone, you can just go there and register. And I send out emails every week. I do podcasts. I've got a radio show, animations, articles, as well as I post on Facebook. Uh, just about every day except when I'm uh, on a retreat. But actually, I actually pre-posted. So if you go to my Facebook page, Rabbi David Aaron, or David Aaron, uh, then uh, every day I put up an article, um, a, a podcast, a, a radio show, with animation. And thank you very much. Shalom. Please visit MyJLI.com to learn more about JLI's multiple educational offerings and TorahCafe.com to view highlights and lectures from past retreats.